Welcome to Invest Stories. Whether you're a seasoned pro looking for that next step or a newbie investor not sure where to start, Invest Stories unlocks the mindset, strategies, and techniques of high performers across business, real estate, and investing to help you level up your journey to financial freedom. This is Invest Stories Tuesday Techniques. Hey, welcome to uh, this is kind of a unique podcast. Mine's frozen. Is yours frozen? I'm, um, I, you look frozen oh, there we go. to me, yeah. I'll edit this. That's fine. We'll, oh, we leave it in. If it went bad, we left it in. <laughs> so welcome to This is kind of a special podcast. This is a co-brand with Cedar and Porch Real Estate Investing Podcast and Investories Podcast. And with me is Shona Lepis. Hi, Shona. How are you? I'm good. Good. I'm excited to be here. I love nerding out on real estate investing and everything. So I'm really excited to chat. Thanks for having me. Shona has her own show. Um, She's also kind of a wizard at seller financing, midterm rentals, and um, kind of the connection of the two. And that's kind of what we're going to talk through today. Piece of it. Definitely. Oh, go ahead. Oh, those are my favorite topics. (laughs) That's that's your, like, tick, tick, tick. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think the first piece is, um, you know, your you you're growing your brand and you know i don't want to say brand as a bad word brand is a good word especially when there's authenticity i i know shona i know what she's about and i know how authentic she is and and kind of her her access and her information that she shares is is super kind of knowledgeable and super useful and and she's really gracious in in sharing that um so it's not a bad thing but i kind of i guess my we talk a lot about mindset i wanted to get under the skin of kind of the is that been a conscious thing over the last few years in terms of growing that growing that cedar and porch brand but also there's the shona buys homes brand is that kind of been a uh, is there a master plan or is it like this is kind of necessity and just driving it forward those are all really good questions so where do i start i'm going to start like from the beginning beginning. so um you know i I'll try and be short, but I've, I've been a landlord like a very long time and I used to be very private about it because I thought I'd be like egged or judged or, <laughs> you know, not, you know, like shamed somehow. So I was very like secretive. You know? <laughs> and then um, I just I did some courses and I kind of was like, you know what, I'm a good landlord. I take care of things. And I so I kind of not to say came out of the closet, but I've been a lot more public. So I used to not be like this. And it was very like just being able to say I'm a real estate investor. With, with no kind of squirming, you know, <laughs> <laughs> has been like a sitting with that. Um, so yeah, and then the names, so Cedar and Porch is kind of my umbrella brand. I actually used the naming service, Frozen Lemons, because um, it was hard. All the names I liked were taken. <laughs> and then the Shona Buys House, this is more like the off-market SEO juice kind of thing. So, um, but yeah, I think it's it's been, you know, being public about what you're doing. I feel like I'm doing it for the right reasons and I'm really passionate about it. So it comes easy to talk about mm-hmm. it. But I think when you're starting out, people often feel kind of squirmy or like it sounds like your money bags or something, you know, when you say investors. <laughs> so, but it has been a bit of a being so public. It's a little uncomfortable, I'll be honest, like putting myself out there like I do. So. I totally, I, I feel the same. I totally get that. I think the other thing is like, um, there's a for me there's often like a cor- a, a miscorrelation of like a, a polished kind of product out there and then yourself and you're like well this is all a bit is it all a bit marketingy <laughs> and so that's really interesting yeah. but you know with with what's out there with Canva like we're recording this today and we're able to to broadcast this out to the entire world 
so why not right <laughs> I guess that I don't know if there's a question yeah. there, but why not yeah no the technology it's it's pretty crazy but no I do I call it you know I call it my PR when I'm putting myself out there like I when I have a bad day I just I stay off so <laughs> I don't need to talk about that so, um it is a little bit we're all putting our best foot forward right um but but I think I think people should talk about more what they're doing and not not be nervous about it. And it just, but it takes some, you know, it's kind of raising your uh, thermometer, mm-hmm. so to speak, a little bit. So, in in terms of what what I think shines through, and and a lot of great real estate investors, we we've had a lot on the show, and I say that kind of polish that branding, but what shines through is authenticity, and I I think the two kind of fit together. I, I quite like that concept that hey why not if you're if you're telling a good story and it's the truth then why not do it with a bit of a bit of polish is that something you've had to work at do you have a team behind you pulling the strings what does that look like no I'm I'm like a right now I'm pretty small operation it's just mostly me um but I you know I think part of it was also like when I'm you know I have a turnover I didn't used to talk about oh I repaired all this stuff and then when I talk about it, it makes kind of shows like, hey, I am I am a very intentional landlord. I do like to maintain my property. So part of it was like convincing myself that I, I'm not this evil landlord, you know, <laughs> but um, and I do believe like my backgrounds in design and marketing, and I've always been of the, the kind of value driven marketing. Like I used to really back when blogging was like the thing, like leading with tons of value. And then hopefully that leads to other things. But to me, it just feels more natural to be, I guess, authentic. Or I have to when I share something, I'm usually kind of excited about. It. I have to have that little inspiration. You know, I'm not just forcing content for the sake of content. I suppose. That's so cool. Let's let's talk about um, your your backstory. Actually, so was there a moment you pivoted from? You said you worked in design and marketing. Did you pivot from that intentionally? Was it was this always the plan? Was there an escape the W two or? <laughs> no. So. Um, so uh, I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. As someone once put it, like, you're an outside cat, you know, I'm kind of feral. <laughs> <laughs> Go back inside, you know? So, um, you know, and so I, you know, I grew up in California and this is going to sound funny. And I, I thought I'll never own a house. It's so expensive. You know, fixtures were just insane. And then growing up, my, my parents had, a, you know, they had a vacation rental business. My dad always said, I will give you money for a house, but not a wedding. I don't know why he said that, but I always have. <laughs> You can't live in a wedding. So you, yes, exactly. Right. You can't, so now I tell that to my kids. But so I moved to Portland in a long time ago, like 2005. The market was really different. Bought my first house. And then I saw that I'm like, oh, my God, I just gained like 40K of equity, you know, just and it was like this light bulb. I'm like, I, I knew there was something there, but I was kind of nervous about tapping it. And then so but after that, I kind of started slowly building a rental portfolio um, just kind of very slowly, very traditionally, but I'm a big fan of leveraging your own equity with like HELOCs and whatnot, like one house bought this house, the whole thing. Um, but I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't think of myself as an investor. I just saw opportunity, I suppose. And then uh, we had a creative agency and then we sold that and they acquired me for about a year. And I just, again, I was too, I didn't work out. Um, so then the Facebook algorithm caught me. <laughs> I did a course because <laughs> I didn't realize I thought to be in real estate, you either had to have a ton of money or you had to be like an agent. And I, you know, I thought about that, but that didn't really speak to me like the investor stuff does. And I love the creative part of it. So I did a course and the rest is kind of history. What, what was the course? So, 
Um, it was like, of course, for uh, women real estate investors, like the focus was, I mean, it was very, it was a good foundation and it made, I, I've been exposed to a lot of, you know, bigger pockets fan, right? A lot of the concepts, but it talked a lot about private money lending and flipping mm-hmm. and wholesaling. And so it was very, it was very good and it's a great community. And then I've done other courses and so I'm a big fan of courses. <laughs> hey, investing so, in your education yeah. is one of the most powerful things, right? It's, uh, it's kind of, kind of key to success. It really is. And I think that the communities that go along with those courses too, I think are really valuable and just as much as, you know, whoever's teaching it. So, yeah. I think one of the things is then the, the belief it gives you taking a course, even if it's a couple of hundred bucks, it's like, yes, I Mm -hmm. can do this. I don't know if you have that same feeling, but that's a constant doubt in my mind to be, to be honest. No, it is. And I think, yeah, it gives you this toolbox, right? And there's always more tools and you have this toolbox of things to do and community. And when you have a question, they're there. So I'm a big fan. Like I, I would not be where I am now without having done courses. And the, all the information is out there, right? Like I've done a lot of self-education. I'm a huge podcast fan. I read a lot of books, but I think there's something about having like a program and having something taught in a certain way. And like we're both, we've done the same courses, right? I, so yeah. That's awesome. Um, in terms of, so I guess your your kind of primary um, acquisition strategy is probably seller financing. Is that is that fair? It is. Yeah, I've done some. I do like DSCR loans. You know, if it makes sense. Um, but yeah, seller financing is it's just such a win win. And I, you know, I don't love underwriting. I don't love banks. <laughs> so, you know, all the reasons we all know. So, <laughs> so yeah. In terms of how that's changed over the last sort of twelve months. Is it is it more competitive? Are you finding more challenges, or is it are people more amenable to seller financing? What what does the market look like? That's a good question. I mean, I it really depends on the person and kind of what their mm-hmm. motivations are. I think there's still I don't think the expectations of value have kind of caught up with the current market. So you know, I don't think like we're I think we're all expecting this. There is opportunity, but it's not like what I think we thought it was going to be. So I think it really depends individually um, as a whole. Um, I think you know, with the interest rates being high, mm-hmm. obviously there's a the, there's a lot more space for that creative stuff for sure because you know it's harder to sell things are sitting longer there's a lot more concessions you have to make so in that sense yeah i think there's more opportunity yeah i i think you're i'm with you on that in terms of like the the prices at the moment and then reality i think still there's like a void in between them still (laughs) yeah so a a guy um refurbed one of the houses in the top of our neighborhood and it's kind of over the freeway but they've done an amazing job of it um, but he put it on for like 2.4 million. And we, we sat around saying, really? He's, he's since lowered it, but <laughs> right. it's like, we should, we better get ready to refurb our house and sell <laughs> if you're going to get 2.4 right. million. Uh, so I just yeah. feel like, I, I don't know, I guess it's it's kind of affordability driven. Like how much can people keep creeping up that percentage and that payment? So that's, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. But I... I guess there's been a kind of race to seller financing post kind of rate increases. And that's, yeah. For sure, yeah. And I think there's just, I think there's a lot of misconceptions about it. I think it's really like taking the time to get to know the seller. Is it a good fit? Like what do they, you know, do they want the passive income? Do they have a capital gains issue? Like, I mean, it's not right. I think sometimes you want to shoehorn that into someone's 
kind of like, you know, reason for selling. But when I've done it, it really made just, it was a perfect fit. And I wasn't trying to sell them on it, right? And it was a good solution for them. So I think I had that light bulb a while ago. I'm like, oh, actually, this is really a win-win. I'm really helping them. They get passive income. They're postponing their, you know, their capital gains tax. So it's not always a perfect fit. Sometimes people have, they need the money. They just want the cash. You know, it's, it's not, even if it makes sense on paper, it may not be right for the Yeah, seller, that's really right? interesting. It has to work for the seller, right? They, they would take a little bit less money and the, the money straight away. That's really interesting. Is there a, is there a typical kind of scenario in Portland for seller financing or is it kind of all the different variables? All the different, you know, I think it's usually kind of the tired landlord, like the one, you know, the one I, the last one I did, I got this call and she was just immediately like, I never wanted this house as a rental. I hate the tenants. <laughs> she was just like, and we, you know, we went in and talked to her and she was just like, I don't want to pay capital gains. And it was, it wasn't even like selling and it just, it just, it was a solution, right? I feel like we have this toolbox and you have sub two and you have lease options and you have like just, you know, and then you're like, oh, well, this is, this might fit for what you're looking for. So you have to really get to know the seller. And there's like, there's obviously like signs, right? Like if they bought it 30 years ago and they paid $40,000 and it's worth $600,000, like that tax bill. And a lot of times it's these tired landlords that are in there, maybe they're older and they're kind of ready to move on, but they've worked really hard on their property. And like, it's kind of their, they don't really want to mm-hmm. give that much away to the government, right? Which is understandable. And, and you know, and, and if they're savvy, like they're actually going to make a lot more money kind of being the bank, yeah. right? So it's that tired landlord avatar i suppose you know, that are interested in doing that's it. really interesting yeah i think the the tired landlord piece is interesting i spoke to a, a guy who was offering seller financing um but since rescinded it and he was just he just wanted to downsize he had a bunch of properties and wanted to just downsize to one or two and not sweat day-to-day management <laughs> sort of thing so that was that was really cool to like be part of that yeah yeah no, definitely. I was going to say something else about, um, oh, I forgot. I'll think of it. Sorry, I just <laughs> forgot. About it. But it's not for everyone. And again, I think you, and you also don't want to, you know, I think as investors, we like go on props, we're like, oh, it's free and clear. So you don't want to come in and like lead with mm-hmm. that, right? You want to get to know the seller and then if it, and then kind of come back and say, hey, here's a couple offers. You know, you could say, here's the cash offer. And as we know, that's well below market and here's another offer. And so, I think not just springing it on people because it's also built on rapport and a lot of trust, mm-hmm. right? Because you're in a relationship with this person for a long time. So I think that's our instinct to be like, oh, and there's a seller financing and, you know, here's all the bells and whistles, right? If those if those signs are there. So I think just slowing down a little bit with that. Too. Yeah, it's almost like you've got to find that right person and then kind of just, just slowly broach it, not just jump in with two feet saying, can, can you be the bank? Yeah. How do you, yeah? yeah right. How do you educate uh, set potential sellers on what it is and what it isn't? I guess. Well, I think yeah, it, it kind of depends on the audience. Like, speak, you know, who you're mm-hmm. talking to. A lot of times, and I don't want to be, you know, people that are in their 60s and 70s. It, I think it used to be more common when rates were higher, so they kind of know that you're like owner carry, like what installment plan. They they're often familiar with that. Sometimes they even bought like that. So I think kind of seeing explaining it in a way like you know, hey, 
there's a lot of value to this that you're, you're going to, if you own or carry this, you'll get a down payment or however you negotiate that. You're actually going to make, you know, you know, true passive income, right? When that, like yesterday I got a call, the toilet was leaking and it's like that classic that I got my plumber out, but you don't, you actually, and I think people go into real estate, they want passive income, but it is far from passive, right? So it's true passive income. It's secured by an asset. Like you put your money in the stock market, right? It can go up and down and we all know in the mm -hmm. long run, it's going to do well, but it's to me, it's a lot of risk. So it's it's secured, you know, it's a way to potentially pass on like generational wealth that note gets passed on with the beneficiary. You know, I think the big lever is capital gains, right? Um, and a lot of times maybe, you know, you have, you don't want a big pile of money in the bank. You just want that consistent mm -hmm. income. Like that's why you probably had a rental because you liked that idea. But this is actually the, I mean, the most passive form of real estate income, you know, and you have to show, you know, show yourself, like show, make sure that, you know, you're, you're, you have to sell yourself a bit, right? Cause they are, it is a relationship and they want, you want to make sure that you're making that note payment and being responsible. Right. Yeah. I like that. I think, um, the, yeah, the challenge is like just that educational piece and not scaring people, not spooking people with it. So building that relationship absolutely, uh, is, is, is yeah. paramount to that. Um, but I will say, no, go oh, go it. ahead. Sorry. I did get one call. I was with my son in the car and it was a voicemail and he started out, I will only sell an owner carry. <laughs> I was like, oh Ding. my God. It was just, <laughs> I was like, I just about squealed. My son's like, oh my God. <laughs> but he knew he was very savvy and that's how they wanted to sell. So there are sellers that they, you know, for all the reasons we talked about, that's how they actually want to sell. So yeah, that's, that's kind there. of, that's my next deal I want to do is own, at least with some owner carry. Um, and try otherwise the, the financials just don't make sense on most of the things I'm looking at right yeah they don't and the other thing is you know you can underwrite like interest only right and or more so you can make you know the interest only payments and then add some principal but oftentimes to make something pencil in an expensive market that's really an option that you can look I think at. The, the other thing you said about the stock market the other thing I I don't particularly like on the stock market is I have very little control Whereas a property's performance, there is a little bit of control. Obviously, there's market headwinds and tailwinds, but it's yeah, it's very difficult to 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 control the stock of Tesla, right? The price. <laughs> exactly. I can go to a property and I can fix the roof, or I can improve it. I can screen tenants in a way. I, I that's what I like about real estate is I can control it. Somewhat. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I get you on that. I, I buy stocks for my little one. She's three and um so that's good okay but eventually we will buy houses for <laughs> it's just gonna take some time <laughs> thank you for listening to invest stories we'll be back tomorrow with wednesday wins please consider sharing and writing a five-star review check out the full show on friday on youtube and wherever you get your podcasts